Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we're hitting the road, at least cinematically, and discussing three films about people on road trips and the various ways they find themselves on the open highway. First up, Rima Kakti's 2007 debut, Honeymoon Travels Private Limited, featuring six honeymooning couples on a land cruise to Goa. Then, Zoya Akhtar's 2011 award-winning sophomore offering, Zindagi Namalegi Dobara, about three best friends, played by Rithik Roshan, Abbe Dale, and Farhan Akhtar, on a trip through Spain. I did it. <laughs> and finally, Sujit Sakar's 2015 acclaimed comedy drama, Piku, starring Amitabh Bachchan and Topeka Pradokone as a dysfunctional father and daughter duo who hire Irfan Khan to drive them to their family home in Kolkata. Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. Welcome back, lovers. Uh, Matt, we are a bit worse for wear today. Yep, we were out at a wedding last night. <laughs> Not one of your two-week-long affairs, but still a little uh, a little draining nonetheless. Yeah. Possibly a little bit uh, hungover. It was a Romanian wedding. Yeah, just, just kind of a one-night affair, but we were out till i don't know 2 a.m yeah lots of lots of lots of drinks were had no groom's shoes were stolen unfortunately no Uh, but we did discover that there's a romanian tradition where uh they steal the bride and they hide her and then they go to the groom and they ask him uh what he what he's willing to do to to get her back and that's to find out if he really loves her or not so it's like like a Liam Neeson movie for every wedding, or what? <laughs> I'm not quite. Not huh. quite. That's uh, funny. Luckily, our friend Ed last night um, offered anything for his new bride, Mara. So. Well, why did we steal her? That we could have got something out of him. It, it, it's just a test to see how much he loves her. But yeah. so no shoes, but whole like brides, women were stolen. Europe's crazy. They have like <laughs> wife carrying competitions and all kinds of stuff having to do with that. So yeah. Okay, that Fair checks enough. out. And and Canada doesn't have our own eccentricities. Not with weddings, apart from getting in fights in the parking lot, I guess. Yeah, that's <laughs> that is a Canadian tradition. Yeah, luckily no <laughs> fights in the parking lot were had last night. Well, that we saw anyway. Yeah. So we haven't had a lot of sleep, but uh, we are persevering. Mm-hmm. And on with the episode. And guess what, Matt? What? We have a new review to read. Oh yeah. Yes. We have the first review um, from South Africa. Ooh. So this is on the South African Apple podcast page. It is five stars. Thanks. And it comes from VCX100. And they say, informative, intelligent, and respectful outsider view of Bollywood. Oh, well, we try. Thanks, VCX. Yeah, thank you. That's, that's exactly what we're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, we really, really appreciate that. Uh, if you would like to be cool like VCX100 and you haven't left us a review yet, uh, go over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. We read all of our reviews out on air. Even if they're bad ones. That's true. We I mean, we have... prefer not to get bad ones, but we have read bad ones. <laughs> we have read our negative reviews. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, five, five four stars? That'd be, that'd be nice. I think we're a solid four-star podcast. <laughs> Maybe not when we're a little hungover, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So Matt, I was inspired to do this episode by a couple of things. First of all, you and I are actually going on a short road trip uh, later this week. We're going to Calgary. It's only three hours away, but still, that's a lot of time for you and I to spend in a car as people who don't drive. I have 
Not well, even. I, drive. I don't even have a driver's license, yeah. so yes. Yeah, I, I can drive, but we don't own a car. So. I actually physically don't even like sitting in the front seat of a car. I know. You always want to sit in the back seat and make me into a chauffeur, and I can't handle it. I just, I just get nervous up front. Yeah. I don't know the dimensions of any car. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not, you're not a fan of road trips. Um, I mean, if I can sit in the back and read a book, it's ideal. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, also, there was a film that was released uh, a couple weeks ago uh, with Irfan Khan called Karwan, which is about a uh, road trip to uh, transport a a, a corpse <laughs> from mm. one place to another. So it was the Bollywood debut of Dokro Salman, and he plays a young man whose father unexpectedly passes away, and he is sent the body, but he gets the body of an old woman instead of his father. So he then Does has that to happen transport. a lot? Do they accidentally send the wrong body places often? I don't know. So he has to transport the body of this old woman to her daughter. And Can't he just call the people who send him the body and say, look, I'm sorry, you had a mix-up? Uh, they don't want to deal with it. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I saw the this film. This is your problem now. Yeah. So I saw the film, and as I was watching it, I thought, you know, road movies. Road movies are uh, a genre that I have a certain affinity for, and we've seen some great Bollywood road movies. This would make a great episode. And also, like, summer is winding down, and so I feel like I'm getting kind of somewhat nostalgic for, you know, the nice weather and driving around. Because here, here in Canada... Road tripping is very much a summer activity. Yeah, you wouldn't want to do it in the wintertime. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, Carwan was only in theaters for about a week here, so I managed to make it out, but you did not. No. Um, so you haven't seen, you know, Delco Salman and his uh, Hindi language debut yet. Nope. I hear he's a uh, he's, uh, big guy, though. He's, I mean, People he's, like him. He has quite the female following. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see a lot of men, you know, on Twitter going on about Dakota Salman, but I'm sure, I'm sure oh, there's men who like him as well. A lot of those Southie guys, they've just got a real way with the ladies. Yeah, yeah, they have a magnetism about them. Yeah, I, I don't think uh, Karwan has made a lot of waves. I don't think it's going to lead to a uh, big Hindi language career for Delco Salman. Uh, Are they redoing it in a South Indian language too? Uh, not that I read. Huh. Not that I read. It just kind of seemed to come and go. So, but I, I thought it was, thought it was decent. Well, I'll check um, it out when I can. I yeah. Guess. I enjoyed it. Anytime uh, Irfan Khan's in a movie, I'm pretty happy. Yeah. Although I haven't seen Jurassic World. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't think Carwan is as good as two of the movies that we're going to discuss in this episode. So again, like. I was inspired by this road movie to talk about, you know, two of the movies that I think are some of our favorite Bollywood movies. Mm-hmm. And then we, you know, threw in another one to, to round out the episode. And it's a real oddball. <laughs> but just quickly here, I wanted to discuss the the road movie, uh, which is an interesting film genre. It's about uh, people on the road. I feel like it had its heyday in the 70s. That's when you 70s get, and 80s, yeah. Yeah, a lot of really classic road movies like one of your all-time favorite movies, Matt, Smokey and the Bandit. Yep. Uh, Two-Lane Blackstop. Black, Black Top. Black Top. Two-Lane Blacktop, which I know is on the Criterion Collection, but I've never seen. Monty Hillman, right? I think so. Yeah. Have you seen it? No. No, I know it's... Um, it's a big classic of the genre. Uh, Paris, Texas, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, 
the Mad Max movies could be considered road movies, especially, mm-hmm. you know, the most recent one, Fury Road. I mean, we're going to get into it, but I would say there's a distinction between a road trip and a car chase. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But do you think that, like, both are within the road movie genre at times? I suppose. You but know? they have different feelings about them. Like, like Thelma and Louise is kind of both. It is, but I would say it's more of a chase. Okay. Because they are on the lamb from the law. Mm-hmm. And that's not the same thing as, you know, leaving your everyday work and just experiencing new cultures and stuff. Well, I mean... They do to a certain extent, but they're also so repressed from their lives that anything is nice. Yeah. I would say the the road trip or kind of the vacation film could be or is in some instances a subgenre of the road film. And I think it's works better in America, but they have the Canadian classic going down the road and mm-hmm. then the less classic going down the road too or going down <laughs> going the road. Going down the road again. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah, but it there's something about the hitting the highway. Yeah. You know, ro- car culture. Mm-hmm. It's very American to me. But also very Hindi. Yeah, I, I think, you know, these three films and the previously mentioned Carwan uh, prove that you know the road movie isn't exclusive to North America. But what's the but difference? You do kind of need a, a large space. You need like you know cities and towns connected by yeah. large stretches of highway. But there, if you're thinking about Hindi films, there are a lot of train movies too. Yeah, like uh, um, the first half of DDLJ, for instance, are on a train trip. Around mm-hmm. Europe, and what's the difference between a train movie and then a road trip movie? <laughs> because they are driving the car, and they're in charge of their own destiny. But they're all in, on, they're also like on a train going and seeing various landmarks. Uh, something we see in a lot of Hindi movies is mm-hmm. the the idea of it being a travelogue in addition to being a film. Mm-hmm. But is it the fact that they are choosing how to get places that makes a road movie different from a travelogue on a train or? I mean, I think, I think there's certainly overlap at times. For me, a road movie it's about it's about people in in cars on the road. Mm-hmm. And what I find interesting or what I find really appealing about road movies is that um, characters are uh, displaced. They're in they're in between places. They're on a a journey, whether it's a journey that they're, they're in a liminal of, space, and exactly in a liminal space, whether it's a journey that they're kind of being forced to be on, like um, with large chunks of Thelma and Louise, because initially they start out on that that trip, kind of a uh, you know willingly, but ultimately have till to... they kill that guy. Then <laughs> yeah, exactly till 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 an accidental murder, and then the trip takes a you know a left turn. Um, so whether kind of the characters or or you know Bonnie and Clyde again, like. They're not on that trip necessarily willingly. They're trying to outline the law. Same with Badlands. But I would say with Bonnie Clyde and Badlands, you know, the Hollywood 70s. Yeah. Big stretches of those are not on the road. Like a big chunk of uh, Badlands is them making like this forest hideaway with yeah. like Ewok traps. and. Well, some has to happen. But like, like, they make stops and other stuff can happen. No, but especially in uh, Bonnie and Clyde, a lot of the movie is at their hideout and they're yeah. all kind of learning how to be friends and that kind yeah. of stuff. And then, you know, the horrible conclusion. But so, there's large sections of these that where yeah. the characters find themselves on the road. And so what's interesting is how 
um, you know, filmmakers have used this um, this practice that a lot of people uh, engage in. You know, I grew up doing tons and tons of road trips with my family because. Mm-hmm. We were so large and did not have the money to fly anywhere that we drove everywhere. Sometimes I dream about a road trip that my family and I went on. Oh. But it must it was, have made a big impression on you. It did. Mm-hmm. But it's specifically the part where we were on a boat. <laughs> That's okay. the part I remember the most. Because, <laughs> because it was like, we went to Wisconsin. For those of you not from North America, Wisconsin is one of the northern, boring United States. <laughs> uh, where Paul Bunyan lived. Okay. Uh, and... <laughs> We went, there was like a duck boat, which is like a car that turns into a boat. And I ended up going to this robot museum. This is true. It actually happened. But like at least twice, twice a month, I dream about the robot museum that we went to one time. <laughs> wow. Hey, you wanted to get into it. <laughs> so, well, see, <laughs> We're like, getting into it. See, the you. robot museum that I visited when I was a child definitely made a big impression on me. Road trips have a yeah that that aspect of a road trip made an impression on you. Getting back to discussing film, mm-hmm. uh, filmmakers often use the road film as a way to kind of discuss to really get into a character to discuss. Uh, to showcase kind of alienation and introspection and characters challenging the status quo and and conservative values. It's also a great way to just kind of showcase the landscape of a given area. Yeah. And so there's something kind of inherently cinematic. You know, there's there's that that forward momentum um, that you know you, that, that you kind of need in storytelling, but a road film allows a filmmaker to kind of get away from a three act structure because they can okay. sometimes be somewhat rambling. They can be very picaresque, yes. Yes, but the classic Joseph Campbell hero's quest is also very forward momentumy and going from place to place. So, does that make the Lord of the Rings a road movie or the Hobbit? Because there are on a quest, they're going around. Yeah. I mean, they're not in a car, but they are always on the road, always going places, always meeting new people, always having adventures. I think. What, I, where's the distinction between like a hero's journey yeah. and a road movie? Because to me, it's very existential. You're in this mm-hmm. car, you're with a few people, you learn about your friends or whoever mm-hmm. you're stuck with. But I would say the quintessential road movie is if there's a quest, it's more like let's go have fun or let's um you know let's explore rather than let's get the ring to mount doom i think you could potentially make an argument for fellowship of the ring as a road movie looking at a list on wikipedia of road films they do include the wizard of oz um which seems weird to me but i guess there's no cars but they also she's on a road (laughs) she's literally on the most famous road in Um, movie history for me, right? though... It's got to be. Yeah. For me, though, when I'm thinking of a road movie, I, I do think of vehicles. Yeah. Um, so I think of, like, cars on that pavement. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of what I think is the... Is, is part of the appeal of the road movie for me. Badlands has got to be, like, the only good Terrence Malick, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm not a huge Terrence Malick fan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not. So, so, kind of, what are some of your favorite road movies, Matt? Well, given the definition that we're working with... Yeah, you're... I, why are you so... You wanted to reluctant. get into it. <laughs> I know, but why are you so reluctant and, like, really want to push back to me about the idea of a road movie as a film genre? 
I'm not making. I'm just like, saying. I'm, I'm just saying. It's a very. Here. It's a very wide open genre that can have all kinds of different stuff in it. Because there's like okay. car chase okay, movies. Yeah. Okay. Drama. Comedy. Well, yes. <laughs> okay, but okay. So, car chase movies. Thumb and Louise. Very mm-hmm, good. Mm-hmm. Um, Mad Max. Uh, Fury Road. Potentially the greatest car chase movie as well of all as Mad time. Max and Mad Max Two. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, Fury Road's got to be one of the greatest movies of all time. I would say, just as an achievement yeah. in making a movie, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, we were arguing about this earlier, but uh, the Blues Brothers, while kind of a getting the band back together movie, mm-hmm. and mostly centered in Illinois, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Illinois around Chicago, uh, but they're in the car a lot, and yeah. there's lots of good car chases. Mm-hmm. Um, Someone who passed away last week, but Burt Reynolds, uh, in one of the greatest, again, cinematic masterpieces of all time, Smoking the Bandit 1. Mm-hmm. Not Smoking the Bandit 2 or 3. But uh, that's a very specific quest movie. Mm-hmm. But they have fun along the way. So, yeah, those would be my favorite. I think, I think, Matt, you need to think of genres more of like Venn diagrams. I know. Like, <laughs> things can overlap and... You know, there's genres within genres. There's subgenres. Yeah. So for a travelogue type movie, yeah. Uh, oh brother, where art thou? Mm-hmm. You see mm-hmm. the South of the states in the 30s realized in a way that had never actually been put on film before because they had to mm-hmm. invent like color grading in a brand new way mm-hmm. using CGI. So that's great. Although mostly rolling around on trains, but you know, a little bit different. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're hopping on trains like hobos. They're not. Driving a car, so mm-hmm. debatable. Your favorite Jean-Luc Godard film is considered a road movie. Yeah, Pierrot Lefou. Um Yeah, I think there is kind of in my mind a classic idea of what a road movie is, and I don't know if everything always matches. Vanishing Point, for instance, mm-hmm. that would be the like the archetypal '70s existential guy driving in a car movie, mm-hmm. but Drive, which is also all but basically all that stuff drives not a road movie but he's in he's he's in a car the whole time he's in the city yeah. he doesn't go anywhere yeah exactly i think there has to be um a, a change of location yeah yeah which is why i'm not I mean, I mean baby driver is also great but they're in atlanta the whole time yeah yeah I mean, yeah those are more car movies than than road movies um i'd also add you know things like peewee's big adventure and peewee's big holiday great movies delightful maybe even faster pussycat kill kill to a certain extent oh faster pussycat kill kill definitely even though they're screwing around at that farm for half the movie it's it's about driving on roads yeah i mean these films that we're going to discuss they also stop in certain like locations and there's you know large segments that take place not on the road yeah but um like the, uh, the propulsive force behind the movie is driving around and yeah. going places. Yeah, yeah. And not, like, hiding from the... Like, you can't be hiding from the cops, but you have to be going from different cities. Yeah. And again, I think also um, the antics and adventures that happen in between those, you know, on that trip, in between those locations, yeah. as well as the... Uh, introspection um, from the people engaging in that trip. Now, I mean, some people, now, some films are going to have more introspection than antics, and some films are going to have more antics than introspection. For example, I'm not entirely sure how much introspection Pee-wee engages in. Uh, I think Pee-wee 
he also hitchhikes for a lot of the movie, which yeah. a hitchhiking movie is also an interesting subgenre. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he encounters large, large Marge. He's got his specific quest is to get his bike back. Yeah. And in the second one, <laughs> well, the third one, he just wants to go party with Joe Manganiello, the coolest guy alive. So yes. that's also fun. Uh, a, ro- a road movie that I know you actually despise, but might actually be a great one in the genre is The Devil's Rejects. Right. I know you hate that movie, but it is all about the open road and, you know, making friends along the way and murdering people. Yeah. There's also, you know, so many other great movies like Nebraska, My Own Private Idaho, uh, Motorcycle Diaries is a classic one, Midnight Special, which came out a couple years ago. Midnight Special was fantastic, and Midnight Run. Mm -hmm. Both of them are great. Yeah. So, you know, I think, like, the road movie is, in my opinion, a well-established and rich cinematic genre and i yeah really really wanted to to discuss this partly because i think we have two excellent movies and one that's fine this genre that you know it seemed like a a natural fit to put together and to discuss and another movie that i yeah that's that's a curveball for us so it's surprising yeah it's surprising and that's uh the one that we're going to talk about first So, Honeymoon Travels Private Limited, that's pvt.ltd. It's the name of the coach, right? Yes. Yeah, so it's it's like the movie Sorcerer, where it's the name of the truck. (laughs) Just like the movie Sorcerer. Yeah. Perfect, perfect comparison. (laughs) Yeah, it's in a tropical location. (laughs) There's palm trees. Yep. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, Honeymoon Travels Private Limited came out in 2007. It was the... Directing debut of Rima Kagati. She also wrote the screenplay. Um, and this ties into another reason why I wanted to do these films, and that's because Rima Kagati just had a film, uh, her third film, release in theaters, Gold, starring Akshay Kumar, about India's first Olympic gold medal. Mm-hmm. Um, she also directed Talash. That's the, the film in between this one and Gold. That's a good one. Yes. Talash is good. The film stars... Oh, here we go. This, this is, is a, a good cast. huge cast. Yeah. Bo Manarani and Shabana Azmi. K.K. Menon and Raima Sen. Sandhya Muridal and Vikram Chatwal. Amisha Patel and Karan Khanna. Ranveer Shori and Dia Mirza. And Abhay Dale and Minisha Lampa. I... Did my best with those names. I apologize if any of them are horribly off. I'm sure some of them are. There's also a special appearance by Arjun Rampal. Yes, special appearance by Arjun Rampal. Yeah. Uh, so this film follows... It's kind of a weird movie. It is a weird movie. I I did, hadn't read much about it. I kind of looked, you know, what are the best Bollywood road trip movies. We had, an, you know, an idea of some of the really good ones. The The next two films that we're going to discuss, we've already, we'd already seen. Yeah, they were great. Um, but this is a bit of a curveball. It follows six couples who, as we mentioned in our opening, are on a four-day trip to Goa. And so they all get in this private coach that takes them around. Mm-hmm. And over the course of this trip, we uh, learn different things about these different couples, just kind of about how they present themselves, versus, you know, the the secrets that they're holding from mm-hmm. uh, the rest of the other couples or even from their own partner. And while it Especially seems Especially from their own partner. Yeah. And at first kind of seems like a like a funny lark, like a bit of a romp. It ultimately touches on a lot of issues in kind of present day Indian society. So kind of the film really 
opens up and reveals to have a lot more going on under the surface as it goes on. Mm-hmm. But it's also like tonally all over the place. Yep. <laughs> like the blend of uh, comedy and action and kind of and and really kind of gut wrenching drama. I, su- um, I suspect this is one of those movies where. There's a lot of in-jokes that we're not quite getting. Maybe. Especially with the song choices. Maybe. Because uh, the narrator is this uh, Radio Mirchi DJ mm-hmm. who apparently knows everything about everybody. Yes. And just kind of takes you in their lives and also plays a song to go with. Yeah. But yeah, it's got, it's got this strange tonal balance, which I don't always think is well balanced. But there's a lot to like here. So Bo Manarani and Shabana Azmi are on older couple. They're both on their second marriage, too. Mm-hmm. They're on their second marriage. K.K. Menon and Raima Sen, um, he, they are from a small village, and K.K. Menon kind of assumes or, or wants his wife to be traditional, but over the course of the film, uh, she really starts to exert herself and prove that, you know, she's not your typical housewife. She's going mm-hmm. to kind of beat her own drum. Sandia Mridal and Vikram Chatwa, uh, they met online, and they don't want anyone to know that. He's an NRI. Yeah. Uh, she's Indian. And he kind of assumes that you know she's going to be a traditional Indian girl, which she is not. <laughs> she's a bit more outgoing and a bit more wild. I think this is the one that's the least developed. Yeah? Really, of the couples. Yeah. Well, and the more, it's also one of the... The couples with the biggest secrets. Mm-hmm. Amisha Patel and Karen Khanna. Uh, she is extremely extroverted and he is extremely introverted. And so there's just kind of like a mismatch in their personalities. Uh, Ramvir Shari and Dia Mirza are in the film the least. Um, as pretty early on in the film, she runs away with Arjun Rampal. They makes sense. clearly had a arranged marriage that she is not interested in. Yeah. Um, and Ravier Shori just seems like a terrible, overbearing husband. I mean, he does, but also it's a pretty dramatic thing to have happen to you. Yeah. So he's kind of a dickhead, but also, you know, given the circumstances, and maybe give him a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. And Abby Dale and. Minisha Lamba. So yeah, this is if you if you're worried about spoilers for an 11 year old movie that I don't think was particularly popular. I don't think so. Here's the spoiler alert. <laughs> okay, they are childhood sweetheart, sweethearts who are a perfect couple. They, they never met, fight. They met after getting hit by lightning. As children. As children. Yeah, they're perfect. They never fight. They're you know they're always on the same wavelength, but secretly they're both superheroes. And they don't. They haven't told and they each have other. Powers. They have superpowers, and they haven't yeah. told each other. They haven't told each other, and yet their costumes are very, very similar. <laughs> yes, um, this is the big curveball of the movie. They're my favorite couple in this movie, and I think I was man, just waiting for something to happen with them, and then whoa, I did not see that coming. <laughs> Between this and Zendaya Namalagi Dabara, I'd really like to see more Abbe Dale. He's great. Yeah, and he really, and Dev D too. Yeah, he really brings. A lot of personality and charisma. He's and, very charming. Like, su- and a surprising amount of nuance to this role. Yeah. So I, like, ultimately... Ultimately, I found this film a little all over the place. Yes. But I really appreciated a lot of the beats. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, yeah. It, it took a while for it to grow on me. And we've seen that... 
uh, radio narrator thing before. I think what Aya did that, mm. or there was like a narrator in that one that was kind of omnipresent, mm-hmm. and also had right because her brother gets a song from Dev D played for his mm-hmm. sister to kind of mess with her. Yeah. Like that's kind of there too. Yeah, and we get some radio stuff in Dilse as well. Yeah, but like a radio that doesn't really work that way. Like you yeah. know, radio that seems to know who you are as a person and kind of mess with you a little. I, I think there's one more. I can't remember off the top of my head. So that's an interesting angle. And then also seeing everyone's backstories. The the forward momentum of the story isn't amazing because mm. every five minutes the radio comes on and then you're hearing someone's dark secret. Right. So it's, it's kind of a stop and start narrative movie. Mm-hmm. And I can't say it was... Particularly amazing to look at either. Like there's six couples, so balance. Each one with their own secret too. So it's like twelve different mini stories. Exactly. And so balancing all of that and kind of giving each one of those characters an arc uh, isn't isn't easy. Like this is Yeah, Ranford Shory's character gets punted out within ten minutes. Well, I guess replaced by Arjun Rample. Yeah. And (laughs) Diamir's are like she's barely in the movie at all. Um, yeah, so narratively it's kind of unfulfilling but also some of the places it goes are pretty entertaining so it has one of the best kind of drug tripping scenes i've seen in movies in a long time yeah partly because it's not bullshit it it, yeah it's played for for fun yeah um and so kk monon accidentally has i don't know molly or something he He drinks molly i think he drinks some molly that's in someone's coke and instead of like coca-cola yeah and instead of kind of, you know, having this silly sequence where he's like, where everything's distorted and he's imagining like people having giraffe heads. Or, or it's cartoons or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just silly stuff. Um, he just kind of loses his inhibitions. He's just there to party. And there's like a big dance scene where again, like clearly he's high. Yeah. But, you know, again, it, it, it actually seemed like a really natural and normal like drug trip. Yeah. It doesn't go weird. It doesn't kind of speculate on, you know, the effects of whatever he's taken. It's really just like he loses his inhibitions and has a lot of fun. And then as a result, everyone kind of gets swept up in this dance sequence. And it was scenes like that that I really, really enjoyed mm-hmm. and where I thought the film was kind of at its strongest, especially comedic wise. Mm hmm. I like a lot of the backstories and a lot of kind of the secrets and, and what what Kagti, I think, is saying about modern Indian society. Mm-hmm. I just think this movie bites off like far more than it can chew. Yeah. Each character maybe gets, I don't know, 10 minutes on themselves. Yeah. There's 12 characters. It's 120 minutes long. Mm-hmm. You know, even the bus driver, you learn about his <laughs> backstory. Yeah. I hate to say it, but I think uh, Kagti's uh, frequent creative partner, Zoe Akhtar, whose film we're going to discuss um, after this, I think her most recent film, Dil Dadakneto, mm-hmm. does this a lot better. Yeah. I notice a lot of similarities between these two films. Again, where you have kind of people on a, uh, a cruise. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Dil Dadakneto, it's an actual ship cruise. Uh, and over the course of the kind of this holiday, they you know have to confront all of these um, things that they try and, and hide and cover up about them and their personal lives. And from a screenwriting perspective, it works better than Dildar Dakinado because all of the characters, most of them are related to each other, so yeah. they already have history as opposed to a bunch of people who don't know each other sitting together in a bus. Well, 
but I think by analyzing... I mean, Anishka Sharma's new, and a couple others are new. Yeah. But like, Indil Dadakhanedo. Indil Dadakhanedo. Yeah. Like, there's a couple of new people that show up, but they already have established relationships mm-hmm. and aren't kind of just a bunch of blank slates, mm-hmm. which they are kind of in this. I think, yeah. Yeah, I agree. But I think there is an interesting element of analyzing how... Um, the difference between how people present themselves to uh, people they already know, to their friends and family, mm-hmm. to their co-workers, you know, people that they spend all their time with, versus what they put out there for strangers. And so one of the interesting juxtapositions that um, the film returns to throughout is kind of how these couples act when they're on the coach or when they're out for dinner, uh, when they're all in a big group. Versus how they act behind closed doors. Yeah, in their hotel rooms or when they've mm-hmm. split off from each other. Yeah. It looked like a nice hotel. Yeah, there were a number of hotels. I, I think we've nice. talked more about this movie than anyone has ever <laughs> talked about it in history. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I think it is true. <laughs> I will say Kakti, uh, I her follow-up to Lash, I think is a lot more successful and a lot more interesting than this film. And it also has a crazy plot twist. <laughs> It does. Yeah. It does. And that one I did figure out. This one, no clue. (laughs) You did not figure out. I mean, they tease the superhero stuff pretty early on. Well, they about halfway But the whole film doesn't hinge on this plot twist. There's other plot twists. They're definitely the comic relief. Yeah. And for the whole time I was thinking, you know, they're just perfect. There's something wrong with them. (laughs) And then, no, it turned out that they were not just perfect. They were better than perfect. Which couple did you identify with the most? Um, <laughs> hmm, that's a loaded question. It's, yes, yeah. Uh, I would say probably Bowman Arani and Shabana Azmi. Because oh. I feel old, especially <laughs> after having drank all night. Um, and I think their secrets are probably the least personal, personally damaging for me to say I identify with. <laughs> yeah, from the outside, they seem like... Uh, the most unusual of the couples. They're just a sweet older couple, but there's some other stuff going on. But they're still learning how to love one another. And Shabana Asmi still looks amazing. I Had yeah. you told me that she was 40 in this role, as opposed to like 60? Yeah. I would say, yeah, she looks 40. Yeah. She looks amazing. And Bomanarani is great. Your buddy. My, my Personal bro. friend yeah. of Matt's, Bomanarani. Yeah. We interacted on Twitter literally one time, but <laughs> yeah, we're the best of friends now. He's pretty good at this. And it's nice to see him in a role where, like, he gets a lot of comedic stuff to do, but he actually has to exercise a lot of his dramatic chops. He doesn't have to do a stupid accent, or yeah. he, he does, does have a weird wig. He does though. have a weird wig on, but he, you know, is it, he doesn't have epilepsy, or he doesn't uh, uh, have a lisp, or he's not getting foiled by someone at a school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. He's not a gangster who's been screwed over by another gangster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of just him being a normal guy, which he often doesn't get to do. I would say this and Cocktail are probably his most normal guy roles. Mm-hmm. Um, that we've seen. Yeah. yeah. Being Cyrus, he's less he's an asshole. So. Yeah. Um, I'd say maybe, maybe it's because I'm in what I assume is a functioning relationship. You I, don't know my terrible secret. Yeah, I identified most with Abbe Dale. And Manisha Lamba. The literal (laughs) superheroes is who you identified with. Not just because, you know, I don't know, maybe I'd like to be a superhero, but because, like, they've clearly known each other for a long time. But they they know each other for a long time, but they've been literally (laughs) hiding the fact that they are superheroes. And have a costume that looks almost exactly the same. Well, I think all these couples are somewhat, you know 
representing larger ideas, larger sure. larger personality traits, larger kind of relationships between couples. Yeah. yeah. You, okay. Sure. Do you think that you are a superhero? <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. Well, this clearly proves that I was completely wrong because uh, we're not using wavelength at all. Or you're double bluffing so that people don't know about your secret identity. Yes. Okay. <laughs> all yeah, right. Yeah, we definitely talk more about this movie than anyone ever has ever. All right. Do you want to talk about some Doggy Dama Lucky Tobara now? I think we should probably throw to a song. Okay. So, we have picked a song from Zindagi Namalagi Dobara, which has a title that we've already mentioned. Yes. So this is Dil Dardakanedo from Zindagi Namalagi Dobara. <laughs> This week on episode 25 of the Well Endowed podcast, they're trying something new. Instead of just one episode for September, they're going to post a new episode every week. This week we hear all about the new Edmonton Community Development Company and a new development that they are planning for the Alberta Avenue neighborhood. Then they touch base with Nadir Bellamer about Nuit Blanche, an all-night art party here in downtown Edmonton. For more information about the Well Endowed Podcast, which is produced by the Edmonton Community Foundation, check out thewelledoweddpodcast.com. And for more information about the Alberta Podcast Network, go to albertapodcastnetwork.com. Next month, come to LitFest, Canada's first and only nonfiction festival, running October 11th to 21st in Edmonton. LitFest features dozens of events with writers from across the country and beyond, all sharing true stories and big ideas about culture, food, science, politics, and more. I'm especially looking forward to hearing from Vivek Shraya, author of Even This Page is White, The Boy in the Bindi, and She of the Mountains. Her latest book, I'm Afraid of Men, explores how masculinity was imposed on her as a boy and continues to haunt her as a girl. Shraya will be speaking on Saturday, October 13th at 7 p.m. at Metro Cinema. To get tickets for this event and to find out more about the rest of the LitFest lineup, go to litfestalberta.org. And that was a song sample from Dildadakne Do from Zindagi Namaleki Dobara. Now, where does that title, uh, why does that feel familiar? <laughs> because Zoya Actor's follow-up to Zindagi Namaleki Dobara is, in fact, titled Dildadakne Do. Um... And the title for Zindagi Namaleki Dobara comes from a previous Farron Akhtar film, Rock On. I guess it's a line in the title song for Rock On. And presumably Rock On is something that someone said to him one time when he was walking by. <laughs> presumably. Yeah. Uh, welcome back, lovers. It is the next day. <laughs> yeah. It's also cocktail hour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we uh, were, as we mentioned, a little worse for wear uh, yesterday when we were recording. And so at break time, we decided, you know what? Let's go have a nap. Yeah. <laughs> And now we're we're fresh. We've uh we've slept. We're ready. Uh and yes, it's cocktail <laughs> again. Yeah. We really give the impression that we drink a lot. Do do we want to say what we're drinking? Is that why you bring this up? Sure. Okay. Uh this is a strange weaver. 
Uh, it's a take on a Negroni, very much a tiki take on a Negroni. My uncle recently was asking what kind of Negronis I could make because it's his favorite cocktail. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I make Negronis. So when I came across this recipe, uh, which has the basic ingredients of a Negroni, gin, sweet vermouth, and Campari, but also rum and lemon juice. I like to add a little lemon to my Negronis as well. Um, and Orjat, I was intrigued and uh, we gave it a whirl and I think it's quite tasty. Yeah, and uh, you can see the full recipe on your Instagram and mm -hmm. probably on your Twitter too. I do cite where I got it from, from Inbibe. Uh, but we're not here to discuss cocktails. Although they do drink quite a few cocktails, mostly wine. They do, in this yeah. Movie. I yeah. really should have made a more Spanish yeah, cocktail. Yeah. Uh, we're moving on to discussing Zendagi na Malegi Dobara, which roughly translates to You Won't Get This Life Again. Or will you? <laughs> no. You okay. only live once. Yeah. I think that's... YOLO. You only live once. Yeah, YOLO the movie. Uh, we saw this movie very early on when we were discovering Bollywood. It came highly recommended to us. Mm -hmm. And it's one that... I still adore. I we liked it a lot then, and we I think we like it better now. I think I like it even more now. Yeah, Matt, why don't you uh, why don't you tell us about it? Sure. Well, it features the dream team of Rithik Roshan, Abe Dale, Farhan Akhtar, Katrina Kaif, and Kalki Kolkha. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is a murderer's row of talent in this movie. I know what about Kalki Kolkha. 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 Uh, we've been saying Coachlin for a long time, and it was recently pointed out to us that actually the name is French. It's a French speak. name. We should have not screwed that one. Yeah, and it's uh, Coquelin. Coquelin. So we're, we're now correcting that. See, we do always endeavor to improve our pronunciation. Yeah. So it's uh, Abbey Dale's wedding, and he's getting married to Kalki Coquelin. Mm -hmm. And before the big to-do, he wants to get his buddies, the three musketeers, <laughs> Aaron's having a little bit of trouble with a cocktail uh, pick. There we go. <laughs> he wants to get his buddies. He wants to get his buddies back together. The Three Musketeers, his school pals. Uh, and he wants to go on a big road trip through Spain. Mm -hmm. So They each have picked an adventure sport. Yeah. And they, they decided this years ago. They actually planned this trip four years ago and had to cancel it. Due so to unforeseen circumstances. Mm -hmm. So they've each picked an adventure sport. And they're going to road trip through Spain and partake in those sports. And they don't know what they are. Yeah, and Akhtar is on board right away. I mean, he's he's back home with Abedil, mm -hmm. or at least he's closer. So, he's in India. Yeah, so it's easier for him to kind of uh, stay on board. Uh, he's also got a ulterior motive in going in that he's interested in meeting his uh, birth father. So Spoilers! Well, it's not that huge of a spoiler. Oh, man, you broke the cocktail pick. Just leave it alone. Okay. Um, but uh, Rithik Roshan is the one who's a little bit more reticent to go. He's a, he's a money man mm -hmm. in uh, London, and he plans to retire at age 40. Yeah. Uh, we looked so it he's up. He's working. He's just working. He's working like crazy. We looked it up, and he was 37 when he made the movie. Or he's 37 now? I, I don't remember. Okay. Well, anyway, he's pretty close to his retirement age. But uh, in all of his um, money-making, going to the gym, doing his hair for four hours a day, mm -hmm. and uh, sleeping with random English girls, he's kind of lost sight of his pals. Right. And they have to kind of convince him to go on this trip. Mm -hmm. uh, but they do. And he tries to do work along the way. And in uh, something that it resonates in Pico as well... Um, <laughs> 
someone picks something up and throws it out the window, and then yeah. he gets a little angry. Uh, but eventually he plays ball and starts to have a good time. Uh, once they meet Katrina Keff, mm-hmm. who plays uh, Layla, and she is a uh, dive instructor in uh, Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, she's introduced with her customary, well, why is your accent like that? Yeah, she's introduced as being half white, half Indian, uh, and living in London. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why she has that accent. So, yeah, as per usual, they figure out why she sounds like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but she kind of joins the team as well yeah. for partying. And, yeah, they have a lovely time. They go uh, diving. They go parachuting out of a plane and they also do the running of the bulls Mm -hmm. and which was quite controversial yeah yeah for a country like india um any sort of use of a cow in a scene is a little controversial much less than running around goring people yeah PETA opposed to the bull running scenes um that being said the filmmakers have insisted that none of the animals were harmed. Some of the people were, though. They were getting owned by uh, And they did need to prove this to be cleared by the Central Board of Film Certification. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah. Yeah. So, and as the credits tell us, all of the scenes with animals were, you know, filmed overseas, not in India. Yeah. I love this movie. It's fantastic. And I'm not alone. It was critically acclaimed. Uh, It was a huge box office hit. And at the time that it came out, it was among the highest-grossing Bollywood films. Uh, it has won a ton of awards. It was nominated for 13 Filmfare Awards and won seven. Wow. Including Best Film, Best Film Critics, Best Director, and Best Supporting Actor for Farad Akhtar. It also won two National Film Awards, Best Choreography and Best Audio. Choreography? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah, there's hmm. not a lot of dancing in this film. Yeah, I guess they do a good job on it, but I'm sure... There's a lot more elaborate choreographies out there. I don't know. It's a lot of fun. And I guess and what it was have, that year. And when you have someone like Hrithik Roshan yeah. <laughs> dancing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He yeah. he elevates the choreography of any scene he's yeah. in. But, and uh, best audiography, which I... Songs? Imagine... No, I think it's like sound design or sound huh. editing. Okay. I don't know. I should really look into what best audiography is because it's well, not so, the first time we've discussed a film that won that at the national film something Wars. i liked a lot about this movie and correct me if i'm wrong because you're usually better at watching movies than me mm-hmm. but it seems like and you're better at drinking and using your cocktail pick than i am yeah it seems <laughs> like either they use some really good cgi or the actors did a lot of the own, their own stunts. Like it, I think the the underwater scenes for sure. It yeah. looked like it was them, and possibly the uh, um, parachuting scene. The this, bulls, I think they used some constructive uh, photography to make it look like they're running them. Yeah, but it's effective. This film yeah. is incredibly well shot. But it, yeah, it definitely looked like those guys were having those adventures. Mm-hmm. Going back to uh, what we were saying about the dancing, though. Uh, the dancing is primarily in the song Senorita, yeah. uh, which you know is is extremely catchy, and it features Farron Akhtar, Rithik Roshan, and Abbe Dale singing on it. Oh, wow, uh, you don't hear Abbe Dale that often, but the other two you do. Mm-hmm. As well as Spanish flamenco singer Maria Del Mar. Is she the one who was in uh, Mulholland Drive? I don't think so. Huh, I thought her name was Mar- Del Mar as well. I don't um, think so. That's, that's a great scene. 
Yeah. Uh, I guess I should have also mentioned that Kalki Coquelin is in the movie. She is Ellie Dale's, um, but she's she's the fiance. Yeah. 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 You mentioned who that. appears at the beginning and then maybe shows up later on. Mm-hmm. I mean, you didn't mention my all-time favorite character, but we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> interestingly, among the promotional items released for this film, of which there were many, yeah, uh, merchandise spotlight. Yeah, they made a mobile video game. Okay. <laughs> which I looked for on the iTunes App Store and couldn't find. But I mean, we tried the Krish one, which was bad. Yeah. From what I understand, this is um, around uh, La Tomitina ah, Festival. Ah, yeah. That's fun, too. Yeah. Yeah. They basically do every Spanish thing you could think of. Mm-hmm. And there are talks of a sequel. Hmm. So, you know, Zoe Axar said she was interested in writing one. Then she said she wasn't. Then she said she might after Dilta Dakinado. Obviously, we know that her follow-up to Dilta Dakinado is uh, Gully, Gully Boy. Boy. Yeah, looking forward to that one. And, yeah, me too. And she is also working on an Amazon series with Rima Kakti. Right. Uh, Director also, of Honeymoon. Yes. Yeah. Also worth mentioning, Rima Kakti co-wrote this script with Zoya Akhtar. Yeah. Um, uh, so, Matt, what may, like what elevates this movie above something like The Hangover or kind of like these really macho dude films? Because this is, you know, three men going on a road trip across, like three incredibly wealthy men. Yeah. Who are rather Should entitled. say that they're going in style throughout. Yeah, rather entitled. Going on a road trip across Spain to like scuba dive and yeah. skydive. Pick up chicks. A lot of diving. Yeah. Farinatar is definitely looking for some ladies. Yeah. Like, what elevates this film? I would say. Because that description just sounds like the most. Insufferable. Yeah. yeah, it sounds insufferable. It sounds um, obnoxious. It sounds really like masculine in a kind of. Off-putting it way. sounds really broy. That's yeah. what I'm looking for. I'd say that the structure of the film actually helps with this issue. Mm-hmm. The there's a lot of driving scenes. I should say it's about two and a half hours long mm-hmm. too. So regular, Never is welcome, yeah, regular Bollywood movie length, but um, you know, longer than your 90 minute like Hangover type movies. But um, there's a lot of driving scenes, and I'll say also. All, actually, all of the scenes of the adventure sports are shot in a way that makes them seem a lot more moving than you than they could be. Mm-hmm. They're not shot like a sexy dynamic. music video, though. Mm-hmm. Um, like the underwater scenes, uh, Rithik Roshan's character like has an epiphany down there, and he realizes, mm-hmm. you know, I should I should try and do more cool stuff with my life rather than just making money. The, he well, has, he he has starts, like a real moment. Yeah, that's when he starts to have his moment. But yeah. the way that it's shot, and especially afterwards, once he gets out of the water and starts crying a little, is quite delicate. You hit the nail on the head right there. When he you, cried. When yeah. you mentioned that Rithika yeah. doesn't even cry, it's like on this bachelor trip, these three men, they all kind of. I think they all cry at some point. Yeah, and they all kind of come to it with kind of this wall up and a bit of this machismo. Um, but over the course of the film, they each individually have an arc. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of introspection. You know, we were talking about how the road movie, the structure of the road movie in the it's genre. It's existential. Yeah, it's existential and introspective. And over the course of this trip, all of them kind of confront the thing that's holding them back in, in life. <laughs> yep. And so it's just like, it's a movie that allows men and a group of men who are spending time together to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think is very 
I think it's very rare in cinema. On the flip side, though, the female characters don't really get a lot of play, though. Like, you could conceivably argue that Layla is a manic pixie dream girl. And Kalki Kokla uh, verges on the shrill at points. But hers is explained well. Layla is just like a magical creature. I think... I I do agree. I think Kalki Kokla gets the short end of the stick. She's a bit of a nag. Yeah. Like she's, she's it's not the fun role. Yeah, she's jealous and has all these expectations about what um married life is going to be. And so she thinks that she's gonna like give up work and just kind of live this lavish mm-hmm. lifestyle at home redecorating her house, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that's news to Abbe Dehol who, you know, well, thought she was a career woman. He also he also likes her the way she is and mm-hmm. Isn't, doesn't know what she's going to be like if she quits her job. He likes the fact that she's independent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do agree with you that she she's probably of the main cast, other than the um, the Spanish girl whose name yeah. I'm already forgetting. But yeah, that, um, that is the, nice. She's that, the least developed. The Spanish girl, though, Layla's friend, she just wants to hook up with Farron Akhtar. You know, mission accomplished. <laughs> Who wouldn't. There's there's no shame in that scene at all, and, and in fact, I mean, they both, neither of them could speak the other's no. language. So that's kind of a nice meeting of the minds, I guess you could call it. And props to Zoya Akhtar, who's willing to like photograph her own brother that way because that's he looks weird, great. right? <laughs> yes, that is weird. Maybe maybe she got remand to watch that scene. Who knows? Uh, well, she did write the character for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Layla is like. Instagram hashtag goals. Her life is great. She goes on trips all the time. I but she's not really a character so much. I know. I think I think Katrina Kef brings a lot of depth to this role. I think it could have easily come across as flat. This is this is potentially one of my favorite performances of hers. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows I'm a big Katrina Kef fan. I am always kind of, you know, in her in her corner. I'm always rooting for her. And this movie is one of the reasons why. Because I think, like you say, this role could easily be a manic pixie dream girl. And she she doesn't need the... Um, I mean, she doesn't have everything figured out. But she's not on the journey of self-discovery the way these men are. But I think she still she still has an arc. She takes a, you know, yeah. a chance on love. She... I really love all the little character moments with her and Farron Akhtar. Farron Akhtar kind of... You know, was the first one to kind of go and hit on her, even though Rithik Roshan spotted her first. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's not interested in him, but there's just kind of this little, uh, this this little relationship that develops between the two of them that feels very uh, natural and very fun. And she just like there's an effervescent quality to Katrina Kaif in this film, mm-hmm. and I I love her. I, I love I really love everything about this movie. It is so well shot. I think it's um, sentimental in the right ways. I think it really earns all of its emotional beats uh, so it doesn't feel manipulative. No. Uh, Nazi Rudenshaw, who uh, shows up pretty pretty late in the film as Matt already gave it away, as Farron Akhtar's uh, biological father, uh, that's, a, that's an incredible performance. It's brief yeah. in the film's runtime. But he does... It's not sappy. He does so much with it. Mm-hmm. So much with it. Uh, but but the movie really belongs to my favorite character in probably all of Bollywood. Other than Tuffy, of course. 
Bagwati. Oh, Bagwati, yeah. Oh, Bagwati. So, uh, uh, at the beginning of the movie, uh, Rithi Roshan has bought a Birkin bag for his girlfriend. No, no, no. Yeah. Is it for his girlfriend and then he just gives it to Abedou? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure that's how it goes. I thought he'd, like, bought it for Abedale. Like, Abedale then like, hey, can you buy this Birkin bag for me so I can... No, I'm pretty sure he buys it for the girl and then just kind of brings it along because he's pissed off. Okay, that's an amazing gift that... Anyways, well, that, bag like $12, that yeah. bag is expensive. Yeah, and you have to wait in line for them. Anyway, the Birkin bag and Farinaktar become the best of friends. And, <laughs> he puts uh, sunglasses on and a scarf. As soon as he finds out how much the bag is, he treats it like, like, uh, a, person. like a person. And it's amazing. Well, it's so interior. Well, after a, a period where he thinks <laughs> we should really get this, uh, this uh, convertible, mm-hmm. uh, you could trade him Bagwadi for the convertible. <laughs> Uh, so he tries to trade her away to a car um, guy. It's amazing, though, you just, like, put some sunglasses on top of a purse and, like, suddenly she's a character. Everyone or he's a character. I don't know. I don't know. Would you, is, is Bagwati? I, that sounds feminine to me. It's a Birkin bag. Yeah. 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 Named after Jane the, Birkin. Yeah, the famous uh, actress and model Jane Birkin, mother to Charlotte Gainsbourg. Yeah, but it, it's a fun it's little character. It's a fun little character beat. Yeah. It's It's... It's great, and I think like the the symbol of the film, yeah. <laughs> at least for me. And Farin Akhtar is uh, rather fond of Bagwati. You can kind of see him like at when he was doing promotion for this film, he would like bring Bagwati with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. Yeah, I wonder who she ended up with. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder. Yeah, who has Bagwati? Like Taffy got adopted by Madhuri Dixit. Who? I hope so. Bagwati? Yeah, Akhtar has Bagwati. Yeah. Yeah, it's an it's. It's a very nice purse. Although, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. If I didn't know how much the purse cost, and I didn't know the brand, I don't know if I'd really want it. Yeah, yeah. It's not really in my colors. No, it's not your color. No. Uh, Uh, For those of you who haven't seen it, it's kind of a beige. Yeah, like some orange. Orangey beige. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a... It's... It's a nice purse, partly because of the label and the price tag. I am not immune to those, uh, to to luxuries. So if you haven't seen it, come for Bagwati and stay for the uh, touching friendship between three men. (laughs) Yeah, and that's the other thing. Isn't it nice seeing Rithik just being a dude? I think it's also just nice seeing, you know, what we were talking about before, seeing men being vulnerable and seeing the importance of this friendship between these men. Um, like this is bromance at its finest, but like, yeah. like I said, it's not, it's not broy. There's a, a genuineness to this. You know, I really believe in the internal lives of all of these men, mm-hmm. and I think I think everyone can relate to this film because I wish I could relate to this film more. Well, <laughs> by <laughs> I've that been you- to a few bachelor parties, but none of them have been you know trips through Spain for like. I don't know. They must be there for like two, three weeks. Yeah, there's certainly an element of kind of um, travel log l- wish fulfillment. Yeah, and luxury pornography, right? Like mm-hmm. they get this convertible. They stay in all these amazing locations. They're always like drinking. Everyone looks fantastic. These these are the same things that people are criticizing crazy rich Asians for. Mm-hmm. But I am not opposed to the escapist qualities of cinema. No. And so what I think Zoya Akhtar does here is she really marries kind of the road film with the glamour and escapism of the movies and just, you know, these really genuine emotions. And it's so well shot. Like yeah. I could just watch I could just watch them drive through Spain for hours. It looks 
amazing. And What's the your favorite? The soundtrack's yeah. fantastic. What's your favorite sequence? Oh, La Tomatina. Okay. Yeah, they do the Tomatina, which is the... Uh, and throwing... they play the song Paint It Red. It's yeah, great. they throw the uh, Rotten Tomatoes at each other, and it's fun. My favorite, I think, is... It's actually on a FaceTime chat where Abigail is talking to Kalkiko Klan. Mm. And he's sitting in the back of the car, and it's basically like nothing behind him. Just this gigantic blue sky, and he's kind of in shadow. Like, it's his character's kind of low point. He's talking to his fiance on uh, the FaceTime. Mm-hmm. And it's Which just are, like. By the way, amazing cell service yeah. everywhere. Cell service in Spain is fantastic. You can go anywhere you want and have, yeah. you know, 4G. But, like, he basically feel, he feels like he's on the moon at that point, and she's ensconced in her room at home, and they couldn't be farther away. Yeah. Um, but, like I was saying, why can't we see more movies where Ritha Groshan just plays a normal guy who doesn't have to become a superhero to figure out who killed his wife or whatever. I don't know. I think... He's good at it. He looks like a supermodel, but he's good at just being a normal guy. Yeah, this is easily my favorite Rithik Roshan film. Mm -hmm. My favorite Rithik Roshan performance. I mean, this is also one of my all-time favorite Bollywood films. Uh, And I... You know, I think... I think Zoya Akhtar really brings out a naturalistic quality in Rithik Roshan that we don't see in all of his stuff, especially the stuff that he does with his dad. Um... Whereas here and Luck by Chance, mm-hmm. uh, where, you know, he really... Takes, He's a little stuck up in Luck by Chance, but it makes sense. He, he, he takes a risk and plays, like, a version of himself, right? Yeah. Um, I'd like... I, I like this Rithik Roshan. I'd like to see more of this Rithik Roshan. Um, I am sure Rithik Roshan is not listening to this podcast. He needs a hit, though. Um, he needs a big he, one. He does need a hit, and so... And he those needs two to, movies did well. He needs to return to this well. Oh, this movie did incredibly well. He needs yeah. to return to this. Yeah. Um, you know, like leave the Mohendra Daros and the Cabels. I didn't hate Cabel. I mean, you can bring back uh, um, and return to this. Could do Krish Four and then come do this. I mean, I do love Krish Four. Jadu's revenge, <laughs> right? All right. Jadu comes back and he's like evil now. Do you have anything else to add about Zindagi Namalekadudabara? It is, you know, one of our all-time favorite Bollywood movies. No, it's great. Yeah. Go see it. You probably have. And I think it's you know if you have you know friends or family and you want to introduce them to Bollywood uh, this is a really great introduction yeah it's not too most of it is not set in India but it's a great introduction it's not too weird (laughs) yeah it's just nice alright that brings us to uh, the last film that we're going to discuss in this episode and when we mentioned online that we were doing uh, a road movie episode we didn't say what films because I guess I was still hoping we might be able to catch Carwan and uh, there were a couple others we were considering, but immediately everyone was asking if we were going to discuss this next film because everyone loves it. So do we. Understandably so. Spoiler and it's, alert, it's great. It's Piku. This came out in 2015. It's directed by Sujit Sarkar and it stars Deepika Padukone, Amitabh Bachchan, and Irfan Khan. Talk about another great cast, huh? And this is an incredible cast and I... I think this is the only time where you have an actress and an actor who in real life are separated by almost 20 years playing love interests where it actually feels earned and natural. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like some aging actor chasing around a pretty young thing. And that's partly because this is very much Deepika Padukone's film. Um, and she would go on to win the Filmfare Award for Best Actress for this. 
Um, the film itself was critically acclaimed and a big box office hit. In addition to that Filmfare Award, uh, it won five others, including Best Film Critics and Best Actor Critics for Bakchan. It was nominated for another four, um, so nine nominations in total. And it won three National Film Awards, Best Actor, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Dialogue for Juhi Chaturvedi. Uh, I... I adore this movie, unsurprisingly, and it's great to to find out that all of our listeners, or all the listeners that uh, messaged us to make sure that we were going to discuss this film, also adore this movie, because uh, it's really, really, really lovely. It's about a 30-year-old woman, played by Topeka Padukone, who is uh, taking care of her aging father, played by Amitabh Bachchan. And so she, she's some sort of architect, right? I think she runs an architect firm yeah. or maybe a marketing firm or something. It, no, it's like architecture. And yeah. she, she owns the firm. She's with, quite well off. Again. Yeah, with a friend of hers. And so she's, you know, she's financially independent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she, you know, isn't married, doesn't have a man. She's basically got a kid in her father. Exactly. Her father also really doesn't want her to get married and seems to actively sabotage any sort of uh, romance throughout the film, though he's totally fine uh, with her not being a virgin and, you know, pursuing kind of friends with benefits situations. I also don't think he recognizes the sexual power of Irfan Khan. Fair enough, fair Because he thinks he's part of the help, but mm-hmm. he doesn't actually realize that, like, oh, this guy's super handsome and he's really helpful. Yeah. Uh, Amitabh Bachchan uh, is obsessed with his bowel movements he He wants a good motion (laughs) he suffers from constipation and hounds his daughter whose name is is piku to piku patacone is the titular piku hounds her day and night about uh his motions Mm -hmm. (laughs) when she's at work when she's at home when they're celebrating her birthday it's motion all the time there's also a doctor who basically comes by the house every day for (laughs) Every, like, two degrees <laughs> yeah. of temperature change and trying all kinds of new stuff out on him. He's he's basically, like, in-house doctor. Amitabh Bachchan is insufferable. He annoys everyone around him. Uh, they can't keep a maid because every time they hire one, after a little while, she, you know, decides that she's sitting He accuses the last one of uh, stealing toilet cleaner when, I mean, they probably don't really need to clean the toilet that much, hey? <laughs> Hello. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and Topeka Patacone's Piku is is kind of a... She's beat down by all of this. She is dealing with a lot of stress in her life um, and balancing kind of, you know, her ailing father, her failed romantic life, and uh, her busy work life. And she, you know, she she's, she's stressed out. She has a taxi service that picks her up and drives her to and from work every day. And she's always kind of running behind because of her dad and other things. And so she's always kind of uh, harping on and encouraging the drivers to speed and get in dangerous situations. And would you believe sometimes they get in accidents? And this is where Irfan Khan comes in. Irfan Khan owns the taxi company. All of his drivers are sick of dealing with Topeka Patacone. None of them want to pick her up or drive her around. And Irfan Khan, who is friends with Topeka Patacone's work partner, uh, tries to mitigate the situation, but Topeka Patacone's kind of having none of it. 
the road trip, and I would say the major set piece in the film, comes in when Amitabh Bachchan wants to return to his home in Calcutta. There's a lot of They're talk. in Delhi, I think. They're in right? Delhi, yeah. yeah. There's it's a, lot a of, long drive. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about whether or not they want to sell it. Uh, And his brother lives there. Yeah, his brother lives there. He wants to go back there, but he doesn't want to fly. Not good for emotions. Not good for emotion. Trains, Uh, possibly too good for emotions. Topeka Powder Comb, not into trains. So they hire the taxi service to drive them to Calcutta. But as I mentioned, none of the drivers (laughs) want to work with Topeka Powder Comb. And Arfan doesn't really believe them. He doesn't really understand. No, he doesn't really get it. But after about 10 minutes with them, he does understand that they are deeply annoying people. And so no one shows up to pick them up. And eventually, Irfan Khan himself has to uh, get in the car and drive them to Calcutta. Uh, And it's over the course of... This road trip where, you know, Irfan Khan really starts to understand the eccentricities between this uh, father and daughter. And also where Topeka Padukone kind of starts to let her guard down and really engage with another human being. Mm-hmm. And and I think also over the course of this trip and then their, their stay or what we see of their stay at Kolkata, she also starts to accept... And come to terms with the fact that her father's not going to be around. Yeah. This movie, you know, as much something as he can, mentions every thirty seconds. Is yeah. Like he will die soon. As much as you can joke that it's a movie about, um, you know, like poop. bowel movements yeah. and poop and constipation, though you never actually see any feces. Thank God. <laughs> um, it's also very much a movie about coming to terms with the fact that your parents are going to leave you one day. Yeah, and you and, might be okay with it. I don't know if she is. I think she. I think she's very conflicted about it. It's a very man. This this performance from Topeka Patacone is so layered. I can't believe. I can't believe that they first offered this role to Perry Nettie Chopra, who I like, but I could not see bringing the depth to mm. this role that Topeka Patacone does. I mean, the point is, Perry Nettie Chopra actually turned this role down. And then it got offered to Topeka Padukone. Well, which is her, her agent doesn't seem to be very good. Yeah. Irfan Khan, though, turned down a role to be in this film. He turned down a role in Ridley Scott's The Martian. I think that's probably a good choice for him. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. he got a ton of accolades for this movie as well. And the role in The Martian, who did it go to? It went to. Um, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yeah, Chiwetel Ejiofor. So in the book, the guy is Indian. Uh, Indian. Yeah. And in the movie, they've switched that around some. But it's it's not a flashy role. It's not interesting. It's just one of the guys back at NASA mm-hmm. who's trying to help out Matt Damon. And hey, he got the opportunity to romance Topeka Patacone in this film. Though, yeah. when I say romance... I would have done this for free. <laughs> it, it's a really... It's a really subtle romance that develops throughout the film. You know, you never see kind of like, you know, compared to some dog and Emily Gutterbrow, you never see a moment where like Topeka Patagon like drives up in a motorcycle and runs to him and kisses him. It's very, it's very subtle. It's very understated. Well, and very that natural. part of the movie is very subtle and understated. Yeah. Because there's so much other yelling and complaining. Yeah. And very, and very natural. And I think that's part of what makes this match work like mm-hmm. on paper you know you see their age difference and you're just like i don't want to see that but then you actually see the movie and it's just like oh no this is like this is really lovely i mean it kind of proves the adage of red green for local eating content out there if the ladies don't find you handsome they can at least find you handy uh because he's a very handy person to have around he can drive he can fix things okay. but also he's extremely handsome so <laughs> red green was kind of like a tim the Toolman taylor yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for Canada. Yeah. But better. 
Sure. But like... He literally um, likes duct tape. Irfan is not a uh, like traditional super hunk leading man type in this movie. No. He's just like a normal guy who's willing to give her the benefit of the doubt of why she's in this weird situation. Mm-hmm. And again, he's played by Irfan Khan, so he's incredibly handsome and charming. But he's he's the audience's viewpoint character because he's also completely infuriated by this mm-hmm. family. But he's also infuriated by his own family, which is part of the reason that he's willing to go on this trip. Yeah, he didn't really want to stay home. <laughs> but yeah, it's a fantastic movie. I would say that like visually, it's not that exciting. Yeah, I not don't... as exciting as Indigo Namalayubara for sure. Yeah, and watching these two films back to back, it I mean I wouldn't say that. Piku by any means looks bad. Like it's a beautiful film, it's but it's fine. just not. Yeah. It doesn't have the same lush cinematography that's in Dagenam and Um But I did, I did like all the the scenes on the road, where I think you see kind of a different um, side of India. A lot of uh, Indian films that we see tend to be centered in like cities or in towns, mm-hmm. and so just kind of be on the highway. Yeah, you know, there's kind of like. There's something about the highway where, you know, it's like, oh, man, it doesn't matter what country you're in. It could be the other side of the world. There's still just, like, lanes of traffic and giant green signs. Yeah, I also like the scenes in Benares and once they get to Calcutta, too. I think the scenes in I think the whole sequence in Benares is wonderful. Yeah. Um, where they go down to the Ghats, which only yeah. reinforces the themes of, of death, death in yeah. this film. Death and rebirth. And there's also this uh, place in... Calcutta that we saw in Detective Biamkesh Bakshi as well. Mm. Uh, you see the Howrah Bridge, but then you also kind they of love see that this. Bridge. You kind of see this like jetty where you could launch a boat from, yeah. and it's it's very visually striking. But it's also they shot it the exact same way in both movies, so that's probably the only reason why I noticed. Yeah, but also it's it means very different things in both films. We never yeah. talked about Biamkesh Bakshi. Yeah, yeah. We Swastika about- Mukherjee hangs out there in that film, as mm-hmm. I recall. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it's not exactly a treat for the senses most of the time. It, it's almost more like, like a Noah Baumbach movie or something where you're watching a bunch of people talk. Its strengths are very much in its script and its performances. Yeah. Uh, that's, I think, where this film shines. Uh, I mean, I don't have any criticism of any I think any it looks fine, yeah. Yeah, I don't have any criticisms of any of the songs. They're fine. They're passable. Um, but it's really like these three central performances. And we haven't even talked that much about Amitabh Bachchan and how wonderful he is as this this cranky old dickhead oh this crank yeah this really kind of um he's kind of he's rich and he also thinks he's better than everybody but he also thinks everyone needs to pay attention to him because he's dying and he's Self, yeah self-important that was yeah. the word I was thinking he's very self-important self-important he, father yeah I think he kind of styles himself an intellectual but <laughs> he's just talking about poop the whole time so he's always saying what's low IQ he uh he says that getting married just because your husband wants to get married is like low IQ mm-hmm. don't do that you should be an independent woman but this is also kind of his dodge because he doesn't want his daughter to get married mm-hmm. um but it's like the scene that I think shows the most of his character uh, is he goes to a party for his uh, ex-wife, his dead wife's sister. His sister-in-law. His sister-in-law. And he gets a little drunk and then he goes home and starts playing some old <laughs> uh, Big Alley records and drinking some more whiskey. <laughs> and he ends up getting sick and like yeah. actually having to stay in his bed. But him actually being kind of happy and dancing around and then his daughter sees him and he's oh, here's him actually being happy. All he mm-hmm. needs to do is get drunk and he can be kind of a normal person. 
And I mean, Amitabh Bachchan is, you know, he's like, he's, he's become Bollywood's grandpa. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's so, he's so dignified. He has such a presence. He has such a stature. And to see him really um, kind of pull back that veneer. He and, wears a lot of weird clothes. Yeah. He's and, complaining. <laughs> he does not, his terrible hair. He just like rides a bike around Kolkata. Like, you know, and, and he's been doing, like, this is not the only film where he does this. He was also recently in this movie with Rishi Kapoor, where he also plays a very old man. 102 Not Out, I think it was called. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of forgettable. But, like, you know, he really, like, he really kind of... He has to try uses, hard for this. Yeah. yeah, he does have to try hard. And I think he really uses his kind of, his his stature and his presence and undercuts it in a really um, mm-hmm. convincing way. Yeah. yeah, he's not full of gravitas, and when he tries to be, it's laughable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the relationship between him and Topeka Patagon is fantastic. It is... Oh God, Topeka Patagon in this film. And I, I think... I, I'm almost certain that she was up against herself for the film for Award for Best Actress, um, because she was also up for Bajra Mastani. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's pretty good if you could pull that off. Yeah, she's... She's an incredible talent. Uh, and this is probably her, in my opinion, her finest performance. Mm. Yeah, it's up there. She's this. I'd say Ramlila, but uh, this is also pretty good. Oh really? No, she's she's um, she embodies uh, the millennial woman here of mm-hmm. you know being career oriented and and just trying to balance everything, and she's just so stressed out all the time. <laughs> But she's not overplaying. It's so not it's like familiar ex- to you. It's not. It is. It's not an external stress. It's a very like internal where she's just like, I need to get things done. She I also need. doesn't have a big, uh, like yelling and screaming at the sky moment or something like that. Yeah. It's all internal the whole movie. She does kind of flip which out is, a couple times, but it's not. It's not as showy as it could be. Exactly, which is such a credit to the script um, that really understands subtlety. Um, as opposed to October, which understands subtlety too much, but also to you know the the life that Topeka Patekar breathes into this character of Biku. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Check it out. Yeah, so I think I think that's it. Yeah, so we did forget to mention earlier, but mm-hmm. uh, on our Facebook and Twitter, which you should follow if you don't already, mm-hmm. uh, just look up uh, look up Bollywood for Lovers on Facebook and at Bollywood Pod on Twitter. We asked um, what uh, stars you'd like to go with on a road trip. Who, who do you want to go with on a road trip? Katrina Kaif. Katrina Kaif, yeah. She's extremely glamorous, but also strikes me as very down-to-earth. I think we'd go along. I mean, the problem is, do you think she knows how to drive? It doesn't matter. I know how to drive. Okay. See, that I have to find someone who knows how to drive. Okay. Um, and I would obviously pick uh, Bumanarani. I think <laughs> him and I would hang out and, you know... We'd smoke cigars. Would you also wear a weird wig? Drink fine scotches. We might have to like wear disguises to get <laughs> into somewhere, and he would use his acting skills, mm-hmm. and I would use my stealth to get into like a secure building. Uh, and I think we would. I think we'd get along really well. Um, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, that's that's why I would like to go on a road trip with. Um, I hope he knows how to drive because I sure don't. 
If you haven't told us yet um, which Bollywood star you'd like to go on a road trip with, you can always tweet or Facebook us your answer. Yeah. They uh, they delight us. All these answers really delight us. Thank you for everyone who responded. Yes, thank you. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of this episode. We will be back in a couple weeks. And what do we have lined up, Matt? We are watching some Raj Kapoor directed and starring films. Mm-hmm. With a special guest. With a special guest, uh, Beth Loves Bollywood, Beth Watkins. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, as mentioned, Twitter, Facebook, BollywoodIsForLovers.tumblr.com. The best place to... What are our Twitter handles on our Facebook page? I just mentioned. Did you? Yeah. What? Yeah. Anyway, uh, you can find us on Tumblr at BollywoodIsForLovers.tumblr.com. But if you want to find us in particular on Twitter, I'm Mm -hmm. at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. I'm at Ernie Fraser, E-R-N-E-F-R-A-S-C-R. The best place to leave a review for us would be Apple Podcasts. Mm -hmm. Um, Very important, getting new people to see us. But we have kind of been cracking into the TV and film charts in uh, UK, Canada, and US. So hopefully that continues. Mm. Don't let that go to your head. Uh, while you're no, over, I'm the world's famous, most famous podcaster now, so sorry. it will definitely go to my head. While you're over on Apple Podcasts, you can also look up my other show that I do mostly weekly with Paul Matwichuk called Trash on the Movies. We're recording an episode this week on Blow Ups, the Antonioni film, and the eyes of Laura Mars. So kind of like the fashion industry witnessing murders. Should be fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... And we recently recorded an episode on um, whorehouses where we talked about McCabe and Mrs. Miller and the best little whorehouse in Texas, which stars um, one of your favorite actors, Matt, who is in one of your favorite films that we've talked about on this podcast. Yeah, Burt that's Reynolds. Uh, Burt Reynolds, um, The Bandit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Yes, it's very sad. All right. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.